Next on BYUSN, the Cougars get a Dion from Colorado. Who is he and what the running back room looks like now? And we make our predictions for BYU's TV schedule for weeks one through three. What channels or streams do we expect? ESPN Plus, what's up? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, May 30th. Hopefully you had a great Memorial Day weekend. I'm Jerem Jordan. He is yard sale aficionado. Jason Shepard. Oh my goodness, what a find over the weekend. Not by me, unfortunately. If I had found this... Are you a yard sale guy, by the uh, way? No, not really. Not really. But I do drive by slow just to like quickly see if there's anything that yard catches sale my eye. drive by guy? Yeah, like I, I don't usually stop at yard sales. <laughs> but a, a BYU fan over the weekend found one of the best finds Ever. I, I think it might be the greatest BYU yard sale find of all time. Amber Roberts on Twitter put out that she found this at a yard sale, the vintage chair from the 80s uh, Lavelle Edwards era. Look at that chair. The, the football helmet chair. It. Now, do we find out how much she paid for this? $100. $100. Would you pay $100 for that? I'd pay a lot more than $100. Yes, I would for that. too. Yes. Yes. I would, I would pay double that to get that chair. I would pay more than In double fact, that. if there's somebody out there that has those chairs that are willing to sell them, I, I may you, buy them. You would buy, would if you you're buy interested in Amber? selling those, I may buy them. Oh, okay. But if, there, if, there are it, any, if there are any other of those chairs Amber, available, Shep will buy it from you. <laughs> those are awesome. Can those you imagine awesome. having that like in your basement? I can. I have a Smithfield no, but I mean, set of okay, chairs let me, let me and a Marriott that. Center chair. Can you imagine having those in my basement? No. Okay. <laughs> Don't ask me to help you move it in. I'll just get the elders corm. It's fine. <laughs> They're free. Sign the waiver. Oh, boy. On today's show, we will look at BYU's running back room. Is it better than last year? Mm. Already comparing, and we haven't even got to the season. New Cougar offensive lineman Caleb Etienne stops by Studio B. Why did he leave Oklahoma State for BYU? We'll find out. And Brandon Garnica and Cameron Bates from Men's Track and Field join us as they prepare for Nationals. Plus, the top five plays from Keaton Slovis against BYU. Oh, yeah, we're that's, going there. That's a weird one. That's All rise one. and shout. It's time for What's Trending. <laughs> What's Trending is presented by BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Football adds Colorado's leading rusher, Deion Smith, to the running back room. What kind of player is he? How does the running back room look now? And did BYU upgrade from last year? We'll discuss all three of those, but let's start with who Deion Smith is as a player and what do you think, Shep? Uh, I, I like him as a player. He was Colorado's leading rusher last year. Didn't put up huge numbers. Yep. At Colorado, but I like the fact that he was the team's leading rusher. He knows what it's like to to be the guy that, that leads a running back room. Now, obviously, I don't think he comes in with that, um, with that type of goal here at BYU. I think that's going to fall to Aiden Robbins. But I do like, and, and quite frankly, this was not, and we had sort of talked about this last week when Dave and I were talking about the wide receivers. Now, BYU's brought in several wide receivers. I didn't necessarily look at the wide receiver room as like something that really needed to be upgraded significantly. 
So this, to me, it was like, wow, you're getting this type of talent to come into a group that I, I thought was pretty good going in. Uh, certainly didn't have a go-to guy, but I certainly liked it. Kind of look at it the same way with the running back. Once you had Aiden Robbins in, and knowing what you have behind him, which we'll get into in a second, I really liked what BYU had on the ground. Then to bring in a guy like Dion from Colorado, not that one, Coach Prime is what he likes to be called, uh, I, I like adding that type of talent to this, to this group. Yeah, it's, it's good to have him. Uh, six uh, foot 190 from Houston, um, 34 career games. He has one year of eligibility. He's been in the fight. He's played Power 5 football, right? Um, not, not massive career numbers, 653 yards, four touchdowns. Um, has 20 grabs for 133 as well. Last year had a great game against Arizona State, 24 carries, 111 yards. I like that. Coming out of high school, pre pretty good. Number 52 running back in the country, 10-6 guy in the 100. So he's got some speed. He's, he's one of the more experienced guys in the room, yeah. which is good. You got Aiden Robbins, fourth-year player in college. His play, you know, two years at Louisville, the one year at UNLV. Deion Smith, Hinkley Ropati, Miles Davis. All these guys are fourth- or fifth-year guys. And then, of course, L.J. Martin is a top 300 guy nationally. Yeah. We're excited about. So that's good. Running back, I felt like needed one more piece. I, I want to say like four or five weeks ago, I was like, I still would like one more experienced guy there. Because Hinkley Ropati and Miles Davis have shown flashes of brilliance. Certainly, Miles Davis' game against Wyoming was awesome. Hinkley Ropati showed us some real the presence Boise game. in the screen game specifically, <laughs> especially against Boise State, like you mentioned. But having another guy who you can be like, listen, if we're struggling, and, and listen, Aiden Robbins is a big dude, 6'3", yeah. 230. There's going to be moments where he's going to get some tough yards. There will be moments where on first and 10, he's getting seven yards. But it's nice to have a change of pace guy and a guy who's been experienced and in Power 5 football. You, you need that. BYU is encountering a challenge it has never had. Therefore, it needs more depth at positions where maybe you thought, ah, we're good. But it's like you can always add yeah. guys like we've seen at receiver, obviously, at offensive line. I feel like BYU's added probably more guys than maybe they need. But you just don't know what it's going to be like in terms of injuries and or ineptitude at certain positions with certain people. So I like this because this group now looks more experienced and more interesting. Yet, in Power 5 football, there's not a guy that is proven to do a ton. So they will get that opportunity. Aiden Robbins didn't really play at Louisville. Uh, Deion Smith, yes, was the leading rusher, but hasn't had a 500-yard season, right. for example. I think the hope is that Aiden Robbins can approximate 1,000, and then these other guys can be several hundred-yard guys. I think Deion Smith, you probably pencil him in right now as the number two. Yeah. That will play itself out sure. in fall camp, certainly. And then you can bring L.J. Martin along, which uh, he could be the back of the future. We'll see. Look, I, I'm going in, and I, it, I, I'm going to assume Aiden Robbins is also expecting to be at least a 1,000-yard rusher. I, I, I'm going into this season – we know how talented this guy is. We saw what he did at UNLV last year. I think coming to BYU and playing behind this offensive line, I love what BYU's done on the offensive line. I, I think, obviously, it goes hand-in-hand hand with your running backs because, mm -hmm. obviously, you know those two have to work in tandem for, for both to be successful. I, I love the idea of Aiden Robbins running behind this offensive line. And, and so I, I'm going in. 1,000 yards, absolutely, that's what I expect from this guy because we know, he, number one, he can do it, but I love his talent. His size and what he can do, watching the highlights of him and his speed at that size, 
that's what makes it so fun to think about what he could do in this offense. He's a big dude, and he's going to get a chance to, uh, to run against some big dudes, yeah. too, in the Big 12. So let me ask you this, which is our question of the day. Has BYU upgraded the running back room from last year? It's always so difficult to answer that. No, declare on May 3rd. <laughs> like it's, I, I'm going to say right now, gut reaction says, yeah, I think they did. Why is that? When I look back at last year's running game, and you put out a tweet earlier today that I think I'll talk about pretty it. much encapsulates kind of what I thought. Mm -hmm. You don't look at last year's, when you immediately think of last year's running game, you don't necessarily think, wow, what a great ground game BYU had. But then when you look at the numbers, especially the yards per carry, they were better than you think. They were better than you think. But I still look at, at the production that the other players, Robbins had, and again, bringing in Deion Smith, I do like what Hinkley showed and, and you know, the others, Miles Davis. We know what he can do. It's, it's a matter of staying healthy. Yeah, yeah matter of staying healthy. Yep. I, I think if you're just going off of what we've seen from previous production, coming here in sort of forecasting that they can do better here than maybe at their previous place, then, yeah, I think they probably upgraded. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because um, our stat of the day sort of illustrates it uh, a little bit. Here we go. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. So BYU's top two rushers last year with Chris Brooks and Lopini Katoa. They're both gone, um, graduated. They combined for 1,149 yards, 5.35 per carry. The top two guys, we think, in terms of experience um, and uh, production that come in, Aiden Robbins from UNLV, Deion Smith from Colorado, combined for 1,404 yards, 6.5 yards per carry. So just, you can't just look at that number yeah. and say, hey, they got better. But it's also the idea that you that you added uh, the experience of Ropati and Davis. You add a top 300 kid at running back. When's the last time BYU brought in that kind of talent out of high school in, in L.J. Martin? You got, uh, you know, Hello Nukuluve off a of mission. Solje Maiava Peters is this intriguing utility piece. He can be used in so many different receiver. ways. In spring, they were using him in a unique yes. amount of ways. He can show up at quarterback suddenly. Um, so... Yeah, it's, it's hard to know exactly, but I think in terms of overall talent, I would say yes. Like Aiden Robbins comes in having rushed for 1,000 yards uh, somewhere, which is good. Um, and and to, to the tweet I put out this morning, minimum 100 carries in a season in BYU history. Only seven dudes have averaged six yards or more. Chris Brooks did that last yeah. year. Like, I, I think he had a better year than we think. Did he struggle in third and fourth and short at times? Yes. Yeah. But overall, 6.3 a carry is incredible. I mean, you're talking about Pete Van Valkenburg, who led the country in rushing in 72. Casey Tiamalu, uh, Tiamalu, excuse me, was better than you think in 82 and 83. Chris Brooks is there. Then it's Tyler Algier in 2020 right. and Luke Staley's Doak Walker Award winning 2001. It was better than we thought. I also think this upcoming season you will need to rely on the running backs more because you are not going to have a quarterback in Keaton Slovis that can run like we've seen Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson be able mm. to do. I'm not saying he can't run or that he's not mobile, but I, I think he'll run less than I think did. he will. I, I don't think they will have him in as many running situations as we saw. And, and granted, la, even last year, Jaron wasn't in a ton of running situations based off of maybe what Trying we expected healthy. going into the season. Plus, I also think he want, they wanted him to be able to showcase what he could do with his arm for the NFL. Yes. Uh, Aaron Roderick, in not-so-subtle terms, and Kelly Papinga said in spring, hey, Keaton's a better runner than you think. He is, yes. But, but, but I agree they're yeah. not going to run yes. as much as Zach and Sharon did. 
All right, topic number two. Uh, ESPN is expected to announce their TV schedule for the first three weeks of the upcoming college okay. football season tomorrow. Yes. It's happening. It's all happening. So let's have some fun and try and uh, predict what BYU's TV schedule will look like in games one, two, and three to begin the year. What, what do you expect when that announcement comes out tomorrow? Okay, first off, Big 12 deal now is Fox and ESPN. So that could be Fox, FS1, in theory FS2, hopefully not. FS3? Does that uh, even exist? That doesn't exist. Okay. Uh, then, of course, you have ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN+. Plus. Plus. Okay, ESPN, the BYU fans, again, we'll say it. We're going to scream it from the rafters. you got to have ESPN Plus to watch Cougar Sports, uh, football, men's basketball, and all the other stuff. Okay, first game, Sam Houston. Um, looking at the compelling mountain and Pacific time zone games that could battle with this. Boise State at Washington is interesting. Coastal Carolina at UCLA is interest, uh, interesting. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, because Sam Houston, because new FBS team, listen, if BYU goes with that late slot, 10-20 Eastern, that opens up possibilities of always being linear. Linear right. meaning not streamed. It's at least ESPNU to me. It might be ESPN+, Plus, okay. but I'm hoping it's like a late ESPN2 kind of game, although you have USC hosting Nevada. Yeah. You have UCLA, as I mentioned, hosting Coastal Washington as well. So there could be some... Conflicts there with ESPN, ESPN2. But I'm thinking at least ESPNU, late window. If it's ESPN+, Plus, I wonder if those uh, kind of games still will slot late. Right. Or because it's streamed and it's not going head-to-head in a linear slot. If ESPN will say, no, you're good to go at 1 p.m. Mountain yeah. Time if you want. I'm interested to see that. What do you think, Week 1? I think week one, I, I am going in, and I'll, I'll jump to week two because I think it's the same argument for both. Okay. I'm expecting ESPN Plus for both in the afternoon. Mm. With the pos- but they're not in the afternoon. With the, they are, and they could but be. Now they there will be more be. in the afternoon than what we're used to. <laughs> Just I, the first two weeks in my I'm, I'm expecting both ESPN Plus in the afternoon with the caveat that one could certainly shift to later in the evening. Now, I agree with you. If it goes to later in the evening, then you open up possibly a linear spot. But I'm going in assuming that the first two games of the season will be streamed ESPN+. Okay, Arkansas. Um, 13 of the last 18 games, that is the last three years, have been between 11 and 3 p.m. for the Razorbacks. Mm-hmm. The chances of this game being uh, an afternoon game are really high. Right. Um, it screams SEC Network. Um, but we'll see if there's kind of an ESPNU, ESPN2 slot mm-hmm. in there. Again, it depends what other compelling and rich matchups exist, but um, at, at, it's going to be on the ESPN family of networks, and it's going to be linear. There's no way to yep. me that one is ESPN. I agree with you. I think it's going to be an afternoon game, and I'm anticipating ESPNU. They kind of go 11 a.m. Yes. or 3. That's, that's, that's local time two. Bigger programs, obviously you're dealing with the SEC, you're dealing with BYU's brand, plus now in the Big 12. I, I think that deserves linear. A non-conference Power 5 Exactly, matchup yes, is, is yes. Nice I, I think that is an afternoon on ESPNU. Okay, yeah. Are, is BYU getting the ESPN treatment on these first three? Probably not. But once they get into uh, conference play, depending on the time slot, again, BYU's in a great spot being in the mountain time zone and on the west uh, side of the country to get more of those kind of late games. That's just how it is, homies. If you're not used to it already, uh, where were you during Independence? Okay, our question of the day is this. Did BYU upgrade its running back room from last season? Mark Stevens on Facebook. Without a doubt, 100% yes. 
Christopher Brooks was not disappointing, but he was underwhelming coming off the season. Tyler Algier had the year before. Literally anyone would have been disappointing coming off the Tyler Algier year, by the way, which would be hard for any back to follow. Yep. But Robbins is a legit NFL back. Okay. Deion Smith is a proven power five back. LJ Martin is the future of the running back room. Ropati has become a very valuable depth piece. The running back room is definitely Big 12 and P5 ready. Certainly got better with Deion yeah. Smith. I think that was a good move. They needed it. Absolutely. All right, join us as we take a look back at one of the best teams in BYU football history, a team that featured Steve Young at quarterback and a 12-game winning streak that helped build the momentum into BYU's national championship season. The 1983 Reviewables, a BYU Sports Nation special, coming your way this Friday, 12 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and and listen on BYU Radio. Steve Young himself weighs in on the 83 versus 84 is the best team in BYU history conversation. Coming up, offensive tackle Caleb Etienne is in the house. Why do he end up in Provo and what does he expect this year? And BYU in the Big 12 as he knows. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. going to be a plenty more of that coming up this fall with BYU in the Big 12. Jerem Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Our next guest is a new tackle transfer from Oklahoma State. He knows what it's like to play in the Big 12 already. He can tell all the teammates, hey, this is what it's like in Stillwater, in Ames, and uh, everywhere in the league. He is Caleb Etienne on BYU Sports Nation. Caleb, welcome to the program, man. Good to have you, dude. Thank you. How's, uh, how's Provo treating you so far the first, uh, what, three weeks in town? Yeah, it's treating me good. Uh, great people, uh, good food, you know, just getting adjusted to the altitude, great teammates, so I'm loving it so far. What was, what was, your, what was your first impression of, of the campus here and, and the area? Because um, uh, obviously it's, it's a bit different than, yeah. than what you're used to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's different, like, you know, coming from Oklahoma State, it's a college town, like, not, not, not much to really do. But, you know, just coming here, just having a lot of, you know, connections and people, you know, just to meet and just great people to get along with is different for me. And I'm just getting adjusted, though, slowly but surely. Did you have a visit to Provo before you committed? Yeah, I had a visit. Okay, good. Yeah, I had took a visit out here. Uh, it, it was pretty nice, though. Uh, it was... It was nice. They showed me around. Was it snowing when you came out? Uh, the mountains had a little, like, some snow on it, but, yeah. It's a little dusty. It, it was still, it was sunny, <laughs> nice. though. Yeah. Okay, what went into this decision to uh, ultimately choose BYU as your, your next spot? Uh, really just needed a change, to be honest. Uh, you know, I had, I had played there for all 13 games, you know. It was doing pretty good. Uh, you know, just stuff wasn't just how the way I really wanted to plan out for me and my future. So I just made it a change and then into the portal. Once I officially hit the portal, uh, Coach Kishley, he's now the O-line GA. We know we connected once I hit the portal and went from there. So things just working so out. Br so Braden was the guy that- Yeah, Braden, yeah. I don't know if all BYU fans remember Braden uh, who played for BYU uh -huh. and then transferred, but he's back as a, a GA. And yeah, so he's he back. was influential, you're saying, yeah, in that decision. that's my guy. How did he sort of connect with you? How did how did that relationship begin? Uh, like just doing, like Oklahoma State, you know, we would do a lot of just one-on-one -on -one meetings, you know, we would just, he, he really understand the game, like of football and the O-line and what it like really means and takes to like, 
you know, pour into like a player. So he see he see that, you know, I got the talent and the vision. Like, so he's really like working with me and trying to, you know, make me be the best I could be. And that's what I like about him. And we just connected. Was he at OK State, you're saying? Yeah, he was Oklahoma oh, okay. State. OK, there's the yeah. connection. Okay. O-line, GA. And then he came has here. come to BYU. Yeah, yep. Okay, yep. So, so besides obviously that connection, how important was it that BYU was going into the Big 12 and that you obviously had familiarity? How much did that play a role in it? Uh, I mean, shoot, just knowing that uh, it's not really a big adjustment for me. I know that I got to compete and just come in here, try to, you know, do what I have to do, do my job. I know that they're joining the Big 12 and it's going to be an adjustment for them. But, I mean, just got to bring them along with me and just hopefully we all get on the same board. Okay, so obviously you've you've played in this and mm-hmm. this is this will be new for BYU. What, what can BYU fans expect about playing week in and week out in the Big 12? Uh, man, just, just, just enjoy it. You know, uh, it's going to be crazy. You know, the atmosphere. I mean, I already know the atmosphere is even crazy. I heard, but I mean, I already know that it's it's going to be even more ten times better than what it is now. So, I'm just excited. You know, to see what BYU got to bring to the Big Twelve, really. So, what were some of your uh, favorite venues to play in in the Big Twelve that fans should be excited about? Uh, like stadiums. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say like probably Texas and TCU. That was probably like my, my favorite one. A okay. lot of trash talking, but <laughs> it is what it is. That's, That's what comes awesome. with it. But it's funny though. It's fun. It's a fun uh, time. So. Uh, how closely did you pay attention to the schedule release to find out when uh, BYU and Oklahoma State were going to play? Uh, I mean, I, I already knew like once I saw that on the schedule at Oklahoma State, I said, okay, they play BYU. And then I came here, I'm like, oh yeah, we play them too. So it's like, I, it's not, I'm ready, but it's like, I ain't really worried about it, you know, because I already know what to expect. I've been going against them since I've been there. So, I mean, I already know it's going to be a lot of trash talking, like I said. So we're just going to have a good game, really. It's the regular season finale Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, it's going to so, be a big so one. That, that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and you, you win that, you're in the Big 12 title. That's what we're hoping. Right? Yeah, most um, definitely. Okay, let's talk about kind of what you bring to the table. Uh, obviously, what's your height and weight right now, by the uh, way? 6'8", 330. 6'8", 330. Yeah. Were you big when you were little? Uh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, <laughs> my mom said, like, when I was in a wheelchair, like, not in a wheelchair, but when I was in a stroller, I used to just push my own self on my feet. So. <laughs> I, I believe it. But, Were uh, you always kind of, yeah, like offensive line in football, or did you play other positions? I just play O-line, just offensive always line. Always O-line. Yep, Gotcha. O-line. And, and tackle, has that been where yeah, you played? Yeah, tackle, yeah. When I was playing literally, I was playing center, I believe. I believe I was playing center, and then I went to guard, then tackle, and I just stuck with tackle ever since. So. What do you love about being a tackle? Because you started uh, as left tackle at Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, like, easy for me, because so, I got the range and the, the link to play that position. So, I mean, I love it, to be honest. Uh, I mean, get to just put guys on the dirt and just, you know, have fun, really. Like, have a better advantage at, at my position, at that position for me. So let, let's talk about you personally. Talk, talk about wh- where you're from, mm-hmm. you know, kind of your your path to, yeah. to football and, okay. and, you know, just a little bit about you. Yeah, so I'm from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. You know, grew up there. Got a, uh, a brother, two sisters, uh, mom. Um, and then went to Warren Eastern Charter High School in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, Coming out of high school, you know, I didn't qualify to, you know, go to Ole Miss. That's what I was committed to coming out of high school. Um, didn't qualify, so I went to JUCO Community College and uh, Fort Scott Community College in Kansas. Did one year there. Uh, didn't have an O-line coach, which was hard for me, so I just played that whole season without an O-line coach. I just went mm. out there and just did, just was going out there what I already knew from high school, I guess. So, And then 
You I've can put player coach now on your uh, on your resume. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, might as well. And I just did a season there, and then after the season was over with, you know, stuff was it was just unorganized, and I just had made another transition. I had transferred to Butler Community College, ended up just working out, you know, getting my classes, trying to get ready to graduate, get ready for the next level, and and it was that was it went it worked well worked out well for me, and uh, ended up coming to uh, Oklahoma State and. I was like 360 when I was in Butler Community College, and then when I got to Oklahoma State, I lost all that weight. I was like 325, so I had to, you know, just redshirt that year out, and then lose all that weight, learn again the playbooks, get a lot of mental reps at, you know, just the plays and all that. So it was a grind for sure for me. Like, and then now I'm up here, so I call this my home. How does one lose 35 pounds? How does how does it feel? Yeah, how do you do it? I don't know. It was a lot of running, a lot of running. <laughs> A lot of hard work, you know, just had to change the diet up, really, so, but I, I did it. <laughs> what, do you, what do you eat now? Uh, I don't know. I just eat the same thing pretty, pretty much. I just try not to eat too much of it. Yeah, what, what is a typical day diet-wise for you? Sure, I wake up, I eat a banana first thing in the morning. That's my favorite fruit, a banana. Uh, then they cook for us, like, here at, in the weight room, so I eat whatever they have, you know, made up for us, some chicken breast and some rice. And then I'll probably just wait till like four or five, six o'clock or something and eat again and probably just snack on some fruit like throughout the night and then go to bed. Okay, that all sounds very, very healthy. If, yeah. if what's what's the, <laughs> the guilty pleasure? What's the one? What's like, oh, I, that one, that, if I see it, like, oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah, it's probably like, I don't know, it's probably like some, I don't know. I, I'm just like, I don't know, because I don't like like sweets like that unless I really like just want to be fat, you know. <laughs> but I mean... I don't know, some chips or it's like I just eat some life savory gummies or, you know, some chocolate Hershey's. I just start just getting anything, to be honest, that's sweet, so that I like. Did you grow up an LSU fan? Uh, in New Orleans? Not really. I ain't really. No? Yeah, just not really. Whoever, whatever. Yeah, whoever. You a Saints fan? Yeah, I'm a Saints fan. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about our guy Taysom Hill? Uh, he's an athlete for sure. He's pretty good, like all-around guy, all-around player, so he's definitely a help out for the Saints, though. A lot of BYU fans are Saints fans because of Taysom Hill, and yeah. now Jamal Williams is there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who he's, is perhaps the biggest personality in the NFL. He's a fun dude. Yeah, he's going to be a, a, a great addition for them, I feel like, with him and Alvin Kamara, so that's going to be pretty good. I'm yep. ready to watch them for sure. Who, uh, who have you gotten close with um, here you know, at BYU, teammate-wise? Like, who are you hanging out with? What, who, who's, who's the group that you're hanging out with right now? Uh, I mean, I've been around the O-line a lot, but really just I'm on the hip of Coach Kishley still right now, and I'm just solo by myself, just still getting the feel for everything. But uh, I got another guy that came that was at Butler with, uh, Darius Lasseter. He's going to be here, I think, next week or this That's week. Right. That's he right. He was at Butler. Yeah, yeah so he's, we, me and him was pretty close. So probably yeah. when he get here, you know, we probably could just chop it up or whatever. What's it going to be like to have two Butler Community College guys at BYU? That's it's going to cool. be, be awesome, yeah. Uh, shit, he know what it, is, what it takes to, you know, be in JUCO and, like, you know, how it feels like. So, I mean, that's my dog, but... And I don't know if they told you, BYU does have offensive line coaches, which mm -hmm. is exciting, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I know. This, this would be awesome. Yeah. Um, BYU's put out some, some NFL guys at O-line the last couple of years, most notably Blake Freeland in the draft, right? Um, and and uh, Brady Christensen and others. Left tackle. BYU's in the left tackle business. Mm -hmm. Kingsley Suamataia, yourself, hopefully the next ones. Mm -hmm. uh, was that influential in your decision at all, knowing, hey, BYU's actually producing NFL picks at that position? Yeah. Uh, when it was, yeah, he was talking to me about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Uh, no, I just really just, I mean, I would expect, you know, they had some some type of, you know, people coming out. But, I mean, I'm just trying to come in here and do my job, you know, and just be the next guy up for the draft. How good do you think the offensive line can be? I, I, I look at BYU at the beginning of the transfer portal lost some guys, and you're like, oh, man. But when you look at the guys, specifically you that have come in, 
I look at this offensive line, and I'm like, man, yeah. this offensive line could be really good this year. Yeah, it's pretty stacked, though. Like, you got a lot of guys coming in from uh, a lot of places. Uh, I'm just, I'm really, I don't know, it's up in the air right now, you know, trying to see who's going to have the starting job and when, the, when the fall comes. So, I mean, it's a lot of good guys in the room. So, just got to see who's going to be out there on the first, on the first game. What do you know about BYU as a school, as a program, versus what you've seen the last three weeks being on the inside now? Uh, I don't really, I didn't really know too much about BYU until I really like, you know, started like, okay, yeah, this is where I'm finna go. But I mean, I ain't really, I am not too really worried about what, what really comes with it. Like I am, but it's like, you know, I'm, I just gotta adjust, you know, that's all that is for me. And you have two years of eligibility. Two years, yes, sir. That's yeah. great news. You look good in royal blue, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I love it. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Caleb, we appreciate uh, you coming in and getting to know you. We're yeah, excited to have you. I appreciate uh, y'all. You and, and the ETNs. Uh, are you related to Travis, by the way? Oh, no, no I no? wish. I wish. <laughs> but everyone knows how to say your name because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because of Travis. Yeah. At yeah. Clemson and then the NFL, which is great. Well, thanks for coming in, and yep. uh, best of luck with everything. Thank you. Okay, Caleb Etienne, BYU Football Offensive Tackle. All right, if you missed any interviews, Deep Blues, shows, or games, you can always find them on BYUSN.com. You can download the BYU TV app to get all of the BYU TV sports content on demand. Up next, 10 more track and field athletes punch their ticket to the NCAA Nationals. Plus, where does ChatGPT rank Jimmer Fredette on its best shooting guard since 2000? Taking over the world, man. This is BYU Sports Nation. They're just going to do the show for me. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget also YouTube and TikTok. Walking out with Caleb Etienne, uh, we asked him a little bit more about, you know, when he was little, and he <laughs> said, my mom fed me mashed potatoes out of my bottle. What a great... <laughs> Let me tell you, if I ever need a bodyguard wow. for any particular reason, like if you want to pick a fight with me, Kingsley I'm calling, and Caleb Etienne, man. Those I'm are, calling Caleb just to just to come hang out with me. Those are some uh, twin towers there, man. Good those luck. Good awesome. luck getting to Keaton Slovis with those two guys on the offensive line. Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Jeremy. He's Jason. We did not eat mashed potatoes out of a bottle as babies. Let's get to today's headlines. <laughs> we did not. BYU announced the signing of former Colorado running back Dion Smith. Last season, Smith, Smith was the Buffs' leading rusher with 83 carries for 393 yards, not to mention two touchdowns. He does have one year of eligibility. Men and women's track and field did work at NCAA West preliminaries. The women had six more qualifiers, including the 4x100 team, a new school record. 4x400 team, new school record. Plus individuals Claire Seymour, Megan Hunter in the 800, Lexi Halliday-Lowry in the steeplechase, and Sierra Tidwell-Alfin in the high jump on the men's side. Kenneth Rooks qualified in the steeplechase. Dallin Schertz in the discus. And the 4x100 team got in. And Casey Klinger also in the 5K. Congrats to everybody. Men's golf fails to advance to nationals. They were tied for 23rd with 39 over par. Carson Lundell and David Timmons led the Cougars, tied for 94th with 11 over par. Had a tremendous season. Congrats to the guys. Alex Barcella won a Belgium pro basketball title for Oostende, I know you have a jersey, on Saturday contributing right eight now. points and three steals in an 81-57 victory over Antwerp Giants. Hard to beat the Giants. That's right. Let's focus on some uh, former BYU Cougars in the pros for baseball. Michael Rucker, two innings pitch, gave up four hits and just one earned run this weekend for the Chicago Cubs. Daniel Schneeman, who right now is absolutely killing it 
for the Cleveland Guardians AAA affiliate. He had a two-hit game on Sunday with a double and a home run. Do not be shocked if he gets called up to uh, the big boy club coming up soon. Also, Jackson Clough, 8 for 11, four doubles, three RBI over three games this weekend, including a four for four game for the Nationals AA team in Harrisburg. In the NWSL, Ashley Hatch had an assist for the Washington Spirit in a draw. Michaela Clough played a full 90 and a loss for the Orlando Pride. Kim Tucker played 31 minutes for the Houston Dash, and Ms. Michelle Vasconcelos played 24 minutes for the Portland Thorns. And a, a game that I'm pretty sure you know a whole lot about. Uh, Calvin Whiting scored a try in a Utah Warriors 28-12 win against Rugby ATL in Major League Rugby on Saturday. He had one nose plug because it was bleeding as he scored. So as he scored, I said, with one nostril available. How was Indy, by the way? Good. Yeah. Good? Yeah, it was yeah. great. Uh, Indy 500 this weekend, so yeah. the city was buzzing. Uh, 330,000 people went to that, by the way. Wow. I don't know how did they did Did you see Jewel, who apparently sang? Oh, yeah, we hung out. Okay. Yeah, we went to St. Elmo's downtown. It was great. Nice. It was awesome. Very nice. Okay, those are today's headlines. Let's whip it. Good Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, the SEC is holding its conference meetings this week, and one of their topics of discussion is playing either eight or nine conference games. Would you like BYU to play eight conference games in the Big 12 if it meant that you got to play Utah every year? I don't need to play Utah every year. I've said six out of 10 years, I would enjoy that. Um, I wouldn't mind eight conference games, sort of spices up the, yeah. an extra non-conference game with somebody, but uh, I don't really care right now. I know it's a big conversation in the SEC, mm -hmm. but I would like all the Power Five schools to play the same amount of conference it makes It makes sense to right do now, that, which is why it won't happen. <laughs> exactly. uh, look, I, I like the nine conference games as it is. I don't need to see Utah on the schedule. I'm fine with it. You've said that before. Yes. College Basketball Report tweeted a graphic of the top 25 shooting guards in college basketball since Y2K. According to ChatGPT, Jimmer Fredette came in at number nine. What do you make of this? Look, I mean, I would expect Jimmer to be higher than nine. I mean, he was the National Player of the Year. I, I, I would put him, I mean, you have Alan Crabb at eight. I'd put him ahead of Alan Crabb. I mean, O.J. Mayo was good at USC, he, but he wasn't Jimmer for that good. He, he was not Jimmer for that. I, I think this is low. I would certainly, I would think Jimmer would be top five. Yeah, I would put Jimmer a little higher. But but also, I would argue that Jimmer wasn't necessarily a shooting guard. Yes, he shot a lot. Yes. He was the point guard. He was. The team. Yeah. He was the he was the combo guard, as they like to call he it. He was, uh, yeah, the point guard, as, <laughs> yeah. the, as Frank Layden would say. All right, Georgia plans to build a new track and field facility, as well as two more football practice fields. Two what more? Would, two more. Yes, two more. Yeah. What would be the first thing that you would spend BYU's P5 money on if you could choose? Develop Provo High, old Provo High. Okay. Exists Into another um, indoor facility. Okay. I want the current. I want a new practice facility for football over mm -hmm. there. Yes. And then the the current IPF could be for other people. Yeah. That's what I want. We're on the same page. I would okay. go with a second IPF. There you go. Because that that eliminates a lot of the overlapping and some of the yes. the angst. Yes. The, of Full, people. Yes. From, like from basketball has an standpoint. annex, they can use whenever yep. they want. Yep. I want football to have a facility they can use whenever they want. Yep. That would be I'm not talking about one. the outdoor fields. I'm talking about an indoor spot. Yeah. Ty Detmer was using the Smithfield House in Warner Heisman, so maybe you don't need. <laughs> Coming up, fresh off of qualifying for nationals, Brandon Garnica and Cameron Bates of track and field join us. What's the the goal at Nationals, this is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. 
Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on this May 30th. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard. Let's talk to some guys that qualified for nationals after being in Sacramento at the uh, NCAA West uh, preliminaries. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Brandon Garnica and Cameron Bates of Springville and Spanish Fork, respectively. I, I lived in these cities. We know people in these cities. What's up, guys? Congratulations on qualifying and uh, welcome you. to the studio. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, let's start with you, Cameron, in the mm -hmm. Javelin. Uh, you're the all-time leader in BYU history. You're headed to nationals. Yeah. Uh, what was your uh, West qualifying like, and uh, what's it like to make nationals again, man? Yeah, no, it, it was good. I was excited about making it in. Um, top six places are in the last flight at nationals, so it was good that I made it into the top six. It wasn't my best performance, but hopefully we're saving that for nationals. What about you, Brandon? Talk to, talk to us about, uh, about your performance and, and continuing on. <laughs> yeah, so I was able to qualify in the 10K. Um, top 12 is the qualifying mark out of 48. Uh, cruised in through 10th, so put the least amount of work in and leaving the rest of it for nationals. <laughs> what is that like? Because yeah. you don't want your, like you said, Cameron, you don't want your best performance per se there, but you need to be better than certain people in the field. So how do you sort of manage that from a, okay, how hard do I throw this? Right, so I think it's different in the 10K because you can kind of gauge as you're going along. Yeah. So Javelin, you're, you just have three attempts, which is half the normal attempts you'd have. So you're going for it in Javelin because you can't really like pick and choose where it's going to end up. So I don't. I guess I don't have that benefit that Brandon had. But <laughs> yeah. I just gotta chuck this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, um, it, how was it, by the way, as we look at some of the video? How was yeah. the weather? How was the situation? Oh no, it was nice. I mean, a couple years ago we were in Texas, A&M, so College Station, a lot hotter, Human. more muggy. Yeah. So the weather was great. Um, it was good. It was a good competition. I love throwing there. That's the second time I've been there, so it was good. What's the prep like for something like this? Because obviously you guys. In this program, you guys go in, and you know what this program has done in, in this sport. So you go in with pretty high expectations. Mm -hmm. how, how do you prepare for, for the season, but obviously the end of the season with what you're doing now? Yeah, um, Ed Eystone has really critiqued a nice workout plan for us that involves peaking at nationals. Yeah. Um, but a little bit of that also is about qualifying, because that's a big thing. You can't peak at nationals if you don't go. So a lot of our work is... Um, tapering for the national meet and then going into that 10k as smooth as possible and feeling as best as we can so that way we can get through and go to nationals. So you and Casey Kling qualified right in the 10k? Yeah. What's what's the goal at nationals now in, in, in a race that BYU has had great success in? Mm -hmm. My personal goal is the podium uh, but then my big hairy goal is top five. Um, I really want to go out with a bang for my senior year and I think top five is is if everything goes right and I'm feeling amazing then that's what I want to hit. Ranked 11, so you certainly have a shot, right? Um, a couple years ago, I believe Connor Mance won this, right? Uh, yeah. The national championship. Obviously, the cross country um, is strong at BYU. The distance is strong. What's it like to sort of be a part of the program where it's like, hey, we're expected to be awesome? Um, it's nice just knowing that you have teammates that have been at that caliber, uh, especially Connor Mance. He's won the NCAA cross country championship twice. Yep. And then Clayton Young actually won back in 2019 at Austin, where we're going to this year. So Good vibes. Um, there's good vibes going into this meet, <laughs> and I'm sure Ed is hoping that we can replicate that again this year. Um, but it, it, it gives a lot of confidence to me that uh, I've had the same workouts with these athletes, and that I know that it's, the potential is there. So. All right, so Cameron, we were, we were talking, uh, you're good friends with, with Jaron Hall. You've mm -hmm. known the Hall family for a really long time, went to school. Yeah. And so if you had to throw a football, or Jaron had to throw a javelin, who would do a better job? Oh, man. We've talked about this a lot. <laughs> um, 
No, we've had this like ongoing conversation about doing a football toss. Like, I always backed him up. At, well, I didn't back him up. I was a quarterback JV and stuff growing up. Okay. So I, I know how to throw a football. It's not a pretty spiral or anything. <laughs> but I like to think uh, my football toss would look better than his javelin toss. Nice. Yeah, so, I, I like that. I yeah. like that. What's your goal at Nationals? You're ranked seventh in the country right now. You yeah. certainly have a chance to be on the podium right. as well. Um, yeah, the goal is to win. In Javelin, all of us are within a couple meters of each other, so it's going to come down to who has the best day. So for me, I just if I have, like we were talking about in break, if I have my good meet at Nationals, I have a shot to win, so that's going to be the goal. And then if you don't reach that, you'll end up somewhere you know, among the, the top, so that's the goal. Does humidity in Austin yeah. uh, next weekend affect uh, Javelin in a significant um, way? I don't think it affects like the throw or your itself. Or anything? No, not really. What it affects is just how fatigued you feel. Mm -hmm. So probably hit the sauna a few times this week, get myself acclimated as much as I can, and then just go for it. So we had to meet there earlier in uh, March, I think, this year. So been out there once, feeling comfortable. So just give it a go. Did, did you go to that as well, Brandon, that, that meet at Texas? No. But a couple years, have you been there before? Yeah. Yes, I've been there back in 2019. 19, okay. So you guys have been on the track, you know. Right. Okay, yeah. And it's interesting because it's a nice view of downtown there. It's yeah, it's nice beautiful. Campus. Yeah, that's cool. That'll be fun. So, Brandon, you're, you're a twin, is that right? That's correct, so, yeah. Yeah, so you have a brother that runs at Utah State, is that right? Yeah, I actually have two. I have a younger and my twin up there. Oh, okay. So, all right. So, so twin. Now, I'm not a twin, but my dad is a twin. So, I, I, know, I know how close twins are. It, was, it, was, it, was it difficult to go to two different places after spending, I'm going to assume, as close as twins usually are your entire life to that point together? Yeah, it, it wasn't that difficult. Um, I think my brother and I are fraternal twins, so we're not as connected ah, as identical twins. Gotcha. Like the set of twins we have on the team, which is Davin and Creed Thompson yeah. and uh, Jacob and Garrett Stanford. Those guys are twins as twins can be. Uh, but my brother and I are more kind of individual people that were born on the same day, as I would say. But yeah, it wasn't that hard. Hey, at least you always, at least you always have a, uh, a training partner, right, if you need it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Thompsons, you want to does, go? Does yeah, he, by the go. way, does he do the same events that you do? He does, yeah. He also does long distance and cross country. Oh, nice. Who's older? I am. Okay. Oh, yeah. older. But he has the leadership But he's taller, so he's got <laughs> oh, that on me. Okay, would you rather be older or taller? Uh, I'd be older. Oh, yeah. okay. Do you have um, ambitions after to continue doing this? Yeah, I'd love to go pro. Um, right now, I don't have any setup, uh, but I will probably continue still running and do some road races with Connor Mance in the future. Awesome. That's cool. And then Cameron, do you want to keep doing this after? Is there a hope there? Yeah, no. So next year's the Olympic year. It's my last year of eligibility. So the plan is to uh, try and make that Olympic team. I was 14th, I think, at the 2020 trials. So up my standing there and then just see after college what, you know, what's in store for me. So what's that like to go to the trials and like be top 15 like that? No, it was cool. It was it was kind of surreal because I went onto the practice track and I was warming up before I threw. And I was running next to like Justin Gatlin and guys I've seen on TV. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm taller than him one and two. Like <laughs> it's just crazy to see him in real life. And so it was a cool experience. So hopefully next time we go back and more prepared and can do a little bit better. You know? We had Sierra on the show last week talking with her from Sacramento. Um, and we were talking to her about the, the, the jump to Big 12 and, and, you know, the program going to that. What, what, what's your guys' thoughts on, on the program making that jump? I'll let you go. I guess you're not going to be here, but yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to yeah. call or uh, compete in it. But I know that Ed has put a put a big importance on it because we can be one of the first teams that could actually win a Big 12 title um, in BYU. Uh, we have a really good shot uh, at doing that. We have a really deep cross country team, and we have a really amazing track team. 
in the spring. Um, but that's, he seems really confident and he wants to do that. And so I, we're looking forward to that. I know the younger guys below me are really excited to go out and do a conference championship and, and win some 5K, 10Ks, steeple and 1500s and 800s. Yeah. I think cross country will be the first to win it. Uh, I think right. on the calendar, it's first. It's uh, this is a this is a cross country school. Yeah, you know what I'm this is a track school. Like, there's a lot of sports. I kid, uh, but yeah, cross country is going to bring it right away. Mm-hmm. Iowa State's been pretty good. Oklahoma yep. State's been pretty good, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. out of the game, man. Out of the game. Who's a better golfer between you and Jaren, by the oh. way? <laughs> we actually have a. Uh, once he's done with OTAs, we're going to have a tournament between me and him and a couple of our buddies. So. I'll let you know in a month or two. <laughs> but right as it stands right now, he practices more than I do, so probably him yeah, right yes. now. Yes, and for some reason, quarterbacks are good. They are, man. Maybe it's you being a former quarterback. Yeah, well, I can hit it far. It's just not straight, so <laughs> got to work the kinks out. Do so. you have any good Jaron stories since you grew up with him? Uh, Anything that he would be okay with you Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Shoot. Um, no, I mean, just classic stuff, hanging out with the, the boys and stuff, but – when it comes to athletics, he was just always, you know, whether it was basketball or football or whatever it was, just the same poised guy you get, you see now is it's the way it's always been. So always been that leader. And so it was cool to grow up with him and some of my other buddies now all playing college sports, professional sports, been kind of cool to see. But yeah, he's for sure. He's always been that guy. Definitely. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. Was he always like dialed uh, always, in? Because he's yeah. very locked in. Kalen got him locked in from when he was a little guy. Yep, so. Kalen's very, <laughs> right. the whole family. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, Brandon and Cameron, uh, congratulations and best of luck at Nationals next week in Austin. Thank Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. All Appreciate the karma guys. we can give you, we give you. Good luck. <laughs> Appreciate it. We'll need it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, up next, uh, rise and shout to some Cougars breaking records on the track. We talked about these guys. The ladies bringing up breaking records as well. We'll tell you about it coming up after the break. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, and review. Time for Top 5 Tuesday, and we're going with an opponent's plays against BYU. But it's Keaton Slovis in 2019 for USC. He won that game 30-27 in OT. Number five, Slovis' 15-yard bullet pass to Tyler Vaughn. It's only his second collegiate start ever. Opening drive of the game, facing pressure from Kairos Tonga. Was able to get it out in time for the first down. Tonga actually kind of kind of touched Slovis's eye on the first drive. <laughs> Tonga told me he felt bad. Many but, first downs to come from Keaton Slovis. Yes, but not enough. Uh, number four, third down and five, a little scramble. Conversion into the red zone, down seven with five minutes left in the second. Finds Tyler Vaughn again for 11 yards. USC scored on the next play. Vaughn's, I believe, is in the USFL now. Number three, an eight-yard touchdown pass to Michael Pittman Jr., who is in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts. Still the first drive of the game. Slovis' first touchdown at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and certainly not the last. Uh, Pittman caught 11 touchdowns from Slovis that season. Quite the combination. Number two, 60-yard pass on the run to Eric Kramenhoke. Set up USC in the red zone to tie the game at 10. His longest pass, by the way, not this one of his career. He had a 95-yard TD pass against Arizona later in the season. And the number one Keaton Slovis play against BYU 
is the 30-yard touchdown pass to Michael Pittman in the fourth quarter. Game tied 17-17, 10 minutes left. Slovis threw the ball to his favorite target in the corner of the end zone. The play went under further review before, went to AFR actually, uh, before the call was confirmed. Touchdown for USC. Slovis finished today 24 of 34 for 281 and two touchdowns. Pittman actually had another touchdown in this game, but they reviewed it and then called it off. Yet, that was in his highlight reel in the draft. <laughs> I remember seeing that and thinking, that wasn't a touchdown catch. Why are we showing this? Yeah. But it was a, a great ability uh, there. So, Keaton Slovis as a freshman led the country in completion percentage about 71%. We're hoping that that version of Keaton can return healthy and yep. in a system that uh, serves his ability. Little did we know that the quarterbacks that day on both sides would be Cougars. One was a Cougar in Zach Wilson, the other about to be. We didn't know that Zach would turn into number two pick. <laughs> we didn't know the slowest would be. You never know how life yeah, turns out. Pretty up. crazy. Our question of the day, did BYU upgrade its running back room from last season? Christopher Ward on Facebook. I would say so. The point is Robbins is a bigger version of Chris Brooks. Ropati's super shifty. Davis deserves his shot to show what he can do. We are better than people think coming into this year. We lost some great guys to the NFL, but I think we will surprise a lot of people, including our own fans this year. We will be fine. Elite Voice of the Day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated at J underscore Royal 09 on Twitter. If Robbins and Smith stay healthy, it'll be an effective combo similar to Algier and Katoa. Not to mention Ropati's breakout towards the end of last season makes me feel better about the running back room this year. You feeling the same way? Oh, I, I didn't feel, and I said this at the beginning of the show, I, I didn't look at it as a, as a room or a position that needed significant upgrades. So the fact that you get a guy like Deion Smith to come in and add that to Aiden Robbins and the other guys that we mentioned, love it. Chances were BYU is going to get someone from Colorado. Right. Uh, given the <laughs> they were all in the portal. And Deion chances. Smith is the guy. We're excited about it. Yeah. Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Congratulations to everyone with track and field, but especially the 4x100 and the 4x400 teams who not only qualified, they broke school records in the process. You think about all the great runners at BYU. Distance and now sprinting. Yep. You're just doing some work. Congratulations to those record-breaking performances. It seems like every year we do, we're just waiting for the record to be broken. You yes, know? I love it. Uh, thanks to today's guests, Caleb Etienne, Brandon Garnica, and Cameron Bates. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. For, De uh, for Dennis. Sorry, Dennis. No time for you. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Howard Ringwood. Go Cougs!